Hi, I'm Ryan Miner. I'm the host of a Minor Detail podcast where it's all about Maryland. We have a no-holds-barred conversation featuring Maryland newsmakers and newsbreakers, journalists, reporters, politicos, politicians, policy wonks, prognosticators, political activists, organizers, community leaders, and so many more. Man, that's a lot of peace. Here on a Minor Detail podcast, we get to the bottom of every story. We talk about news and politics in an open and honest format. And we find the minor details because every detail matters. You can follow us on the web at a aminordetailpodcast.com and aminordetail.com for the latest Maryland news and politics. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the show. Okay, everybody, welcome back to a Minor Detail Podcast. I am your host. My name is Ryan Miner. Please find me on the web at a aminordetailpodcast.com for the latest episodes and on a aminordetail.com where I report on news, politics, and anything that strikes my fancy. And one of those topics tonight is vaping. And here in Montgomery County, where I live, we're going to be talking – the well, rather, I'm going to be talking to Councilman Gabe Albernaz. He's a new county councilman, and we're going to be talking about his bill. Um, he introduced legislation about two weeks ago to restrict access to e-cigarettes for young adults and teenagers. And he's going to—he's here with me now. And Councilman, welcome. I think this is your first time on the show, but you and I have talked several times offline and especially throughout the campaign last year. And uh, hey, congratulations. I know you're, what, eight or nine months, ten months now into your term, but uh, congratulations on your election to the council. Well, thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it, and it's an honor to be on the show, and I appreciate your leadership. Uh, I've always been impressed with how you have been able to follow stories and track stories here in the county, and I think that's important. Well, I appreciate that. And well, first, before we jump on to the topic, what what's your uh, impression uh, after serving in Ike Leggett's administration for several years and then crossing over to the dark side of becoming an elected official? <laughs> uh, what's right. the uh, how has that changed and uh, what's it like having been on the council for, oh, I guess it's 10 months now, because I think you were sworn yeah, in in December of 2018. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fabulous. I'm learning a ton. Um, haven't read this much since I was in graduate school, but it's been a really great learning experience on a lot of different levels. I've told some friends it's a little bit like when that scene from The Matrix where Keanu Reeves suddenly sucks in all of this information and then all of a sudden he knows how to fly a helicopter. It's, sometimes it feels like that because uh, we're learning about everything from utilities to homeless issues and I chair the Health and Human Services Committee, so I've had to learn a lot more about Medicare and Medicaid than I knew before. But it's been a joy, and I love coming to work, and I really enjoy serving alongside my colleagues. Yeah, it's I, people don't realize sometimes outside of Montgomery County the the, the level of demand at which county councilmen uh, the and especially the the reading that it requires. You represent over as an at-large representative here in Montgomery. You represent over a million people, and that's that's a lot. And so you are con- you're constantly in meetings, on the go, and 
being the chair of the Health and Human Services Committee, I believe taking over for George Leventhal, who I think was the former chair of the committee. That's correct. Yeah, he served 16 years on the council and also as a freshman member of the council, also became chair of the Health and Human Services Committee. But George did an absolutely fantastic job, and so I've got big shoes to fill, uh, but we've got a great team in my office, and there's also really great central office staff at the county council that are helping ease the transition, and so far, so good. Yeah, well, there's there's a lot that's happening in Montgomery County, and tonight I wanted to talk specifically about your recent legislation. You're one of the co-sponsors to restrict access to e-cigarettes, um, and it, it's in the form of a zoning amendment that would prohibit vaping shops within a half mile of any middle or high school in Montgomery County, and it's a ban on manufacturers distributing e-cigarettes to to those retail stores. And it this issue is coming at an, uh, a really a unique time given the – we see, what, is it now up to 12 deaths that we've learned about due to vaping? Actually, and uh, 18 across the country as so of uh, this weekend. Mm-hmm. So let me talk about – let's talk about first the genesis of this legislation, and you mentioned offline that being the chair of the Health and Human Services Committee, you had um, you know, you've been learning a lot. You've been attending lots of meetings. So how did, how did your interest in this, in this critical subject get started? What was the impetus behind this legislation? So back in January, um, shortly after uh, coming into office and and beginning the process of chairing the HHS committee, I was invited by Dr. Travis Gales, who's our county's public health officer, to a meeting of a work committee that had been formed last year. And that work committee was made up of public health officials, but also uh, Montgomery County public school administrators uh, and some folks from Montgomery County uh, police. And the subject was vaping. And I walked into that meeting knowing a little bit about vaping, but, but certainly not very much, but came out of that meeting just shocked, Ryan. Um, I, you know, heard stories of high school bathrooms in a number of our high schools that are known as the vape rooms. Uh, school administrators acknowledging how difficult it was to do very much about this issue because these products are odorless and they're very small and difficult to detect, to detect. They, you know, many of them look like UBS uh, ports that you use for your computers. So it was uh, alarming to hear how many students were utilizing the product, and it was even more alarming to hear from our public health officials just how dangerous these products are. And it felt as though here we are again, uh, potentially hooking an entirely new generation on nicotine uh, when we had really made some pretty phenomenal strides from a perspective over the last decade to turn the curve. And now with the the stark numbers, we knew that we needed to take action. And uh, we held a work session before the county council this past summer and reaffirmed everything I heard during that meeting, uh, but then also heard some additional stories of high school students selling these products to middle school students and Mm. that the the middle school students were uh, using these products at an alarming rate too. That coupled with everything we've been hearing at the national level um, led the council and my colleagues and I to take action. And if you don't mind me 
bringing this up. You, I, I believe you have what four children of your own. I do, I do. So it, it, uh, it, it's especially close to home because uh, you know they range in ages from eleven to three, and so you know my my daughter is is middle school, and so it's it's something that um, would have been something at the forefront of for all of us, but having kids really hit even closer to home. So recently, just as of October the 1st, it became the state, it came state law went into effect that anyone Mm -hmm. who is 21 or younger can no longer buy nicotine products, including cigarettes and chewing tobacco, anything with, uh, you know, anything that is tobacco related. And that was a I think that was a rather progressive law that just passed here Mm -hmm. in the state of Maryland and Maryland joined a few other states. But now the vaping uh, vaping has been on the, the the national conversation really for the last few months. And what you've learned over the summer, what you've learned in some of your meetings and especially collaborating with public health officials, as well as students and uh, the the education side, um, it looks like you orchestrated this legislation in the form of a zoning amendment that you uh, that would essentially prohibit vaping shops from setting up shop with is it a ha- it's a half a mile of a, a, a public mile, school, right. okay? Yes. Uh, and, well, any any high school or middle school, public or private. Okay, so virtually, I mean, any school, um, mm-hmm. and in the state of, in, rather in Montgomery County, I'm reading that 19 of 22 vape shops in the county of, as I mentioned earlier, over a million people are within a half mile or of a or a mile of a a middle school. So part of the amendment says that these shops are can are allowed to continue to operate. For 24 months after this zoning amendment went into effect, and has it been has your has your amendment that you're co-sponsoring with Councilman Craig Rice? It has not been voted on yet or signed by the county executive. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, the, the public hearing is in November, the first week of November, I believe it's November 5th, um, and then f- shortly after that public hearing, we will have a work session. And there there are three components to the bill. There's the zone text amendment, um, but there are also uh, – th- there's a bill that gives – the county council is actually the public health uh, official of the county. So we, we have a board, um, and we can exercise that right if it's in the public's interest from a public health perspective to institute a policy that would then require the municipalities um, to follow the legislation. So we have a bill – that using that provision would require the entire county, including the municipalities, to not allow this, these vape shops within a half-mile schools. And then there's the third bill, which would prevent the sale of e-cigarettes by manufacturers to middle schools and high schools within a half a mile as well. So we're trying to address this from the retail shop perspective. But I'll be candid, one area that we don't have the ability to regulate is e-commerce. And unfortunately, many students, uh, many underage students, access these products online. 
because all they have to do is check a box to say that they're 18 and even just check a box to say they're 21 after October 1st. And there's not a lot that we can do uh, to prevent them from purchasing those products. So we're, we're doing our best within what we have uh, within our county at our disposal in terms of policies and regulations that we can, we can pass. But this is going to take a true partnership with the federal government, but also the state as well, uh, because the county alone is not going to be able to legislate this issue. You said earlier that you went to several meetings and you had discussions and you went into this discussion about vaping, as you mentioned, knowing very little. What have you learned about the the device itself, the mechanism to to vape and how it relates to, um, I guess, maybe rather how it relates to smoking cigarettes versus Mm-hmm. Um, inhaling a uh, like a an actual. They, I've I've never actually tried it before, and admittedly, right. and I told yeah. you this offline. Yeah. I'm yeah. I I did smoke cigarettes at a time in my life. Right. It, it wasn't very long, but look, I I quit because it's an expensive habit. Uh, it's a filthy yeah. habit. You you smell bad. Your clothes reek, and your breath stinks. And then it just it got time where I'm I started yeah. working out pretty pretty hardcore, and I'm like. Look, I can't do a, a five mile run or a ten mile run if I'm puffing away on cigarettes and it's just not a right. look, there's nothing healthy about cigarettes. The problem with cigarettes another major problem with cigarettes is that there is such a massive lobby for uh right. it, tobacco lobbyists are some of the highest paid lobbyists really in the country. And That's they're true. out pushing nicotine and cigarettes especially to young adults, and that's become a problem. But I, I kinda, I, I'm really interested to see what you've learned and your, your, your takeaways from a health perspective and how these things work. Well, a couple – lots of things, but I'll start with the top. You're absolutely right about the industry. I mean this is a pretty well-oiled machine, and it's in their own interest in many levels to have as many people u- utilizing these products as possible. And so it feels like a little bit of a repeat of several generations ago, uh, the intense marketing to try and get an entire generation of people hooked onto nicotine. And we know that uh, these products through the flavors, and there are over 7,000 flavors. Um, and these flavors include things like pina colada, mango, cotton mm. candy, rainbow. And so the a lot of these flavors are what initially attract youth And the manner in which these products are currently marketed at the national level, it makes it seem as though they are a safe alternative to cigarettes. And while it may be true that for people who are hooked on cigarettes and nicotine, this is a way because you can regulate the amount of nicotine that's within these particular products. And for adults who have, you know, much more adaptability to be able to do that, it it is an asset in being able to wean them off of cigarette use. But the fact remains that there are high concentrations of nicotine within each of the pods that -hmm. are used within these products. And students and youth, unfortunately, um, are less likely to have the ability to be able to regulate that on their own. The other thing I've learned is that the actual uh, devices, the e-cigarettes themselves, people are trading out the pods for THC and high concentrations of marijuana. And that is actually the majority of the 
the deaths and the very serious lung illnesses that we're seeing at the national level are more as a result of those products that are switched out and put in um, illicitly off the market. And so, but they're still accessing the actual technology of e-cigarettes themselves, um, but just substituting the content. Um, the content itself is already very dangerous, but when you substitute it out with a product that hasn't been tested uh, and in such high concentrations, it's leading to catastrophic results for a number of people across the country. So it's it's a growing issue, and I was shocked at just the, the stark rise. Between 2011 and 2015, the use of e-cigarettes increased by 900% uh, for teenagers, and now the, the CDC has confirmed that one in four high school students nationally have used at least once e-cigarettes, and 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 now they, you know, all it takes is just one or two uses uh, with high concentrations of nicotine before you get hooked. So it's 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 dangerous and it's difficult for parents to really be able to track this because of the odorless aspect of it and because. It is such a new technology. In many instances, parents don't know what to look for. Right. So our our goal through these pieces of legislation is to try to get as many of these products out of youth hands in the first place. Um, and we're also hoping that as a byproduct, we are utilizing these bills to educate parents in our community that this is something they really need to concentrate on and not, not uh, overlook and, and have a very serious discussion with their kids about. On the other side of the argument, Councilman, I'm sure that since you have proposed this legislation and – I mean it appears to be a universally backed piece of legislation, including the county mm-hmm. executive. I think he's indicated uh, – County Executive Mark Elrich, I, I, he plans to sign this bill as soon as it's passed before right. the council. Okay, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm assuming that you've heard from the the other side – the folks, vape shops, and people who look to vaping as a way to to curb smoking cigarettes. And I've uh, I've known a lot of people, my father included. He was a smoker for many years, mm-hmm. and he used a, a vaping machine to stop. Now, I will say this: in fairness, my dad recently was in a a pretty. My dad's he'll be fifty four in December, and. Mm-hmm. My dad was in a he's he's still a motocross rider, so we miners are pretty oh, wow. hard headed. Yeah, he's uh it, say, it, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it takes a lot for us to, to be told no to stop doing something that I we really it. like to do. And so he recently was in a pretty bad motocross accident. He broke six of his ribs, he uh broke his oh. shoulder bone and, and and it was bad. So he you know, I asked him, I said, Look, dad, you know, you're in the hospital here. Are you gonna are you going to cut out smoking? Um, are you going to cut out using the vape machine? So for uh, this accident really woke him up and his doctor mm. said, Hey, you know, you're, you're not a young man anymore. You, you got to cut this habit. It's not good for you. So he's going cold Turkey and I'm really proud of him, but wow. I'm, I'm sure people have come to you and said, these machines are helping people quit smoking. Have you, what is what is that conversation like? Have you heard from people who have come and talked to you about that? You know, it's interesting. So there there certainly has been some feedback in opposition to the bill. The overwhelming majority of feedback we've gotten has been positive, but understandably, particularly for small business owners, 
um, and some of the retail shops who really are doing well in selling these products, you can understand uh, the concern and frustration. With yeah. regards to our bill, however, um, and, and by the way, I, I do have to say, it's, I don't think it's a coincidence that 19 of the 22 shops are within a half a mile of high schools or middle schools. Um, it's a very large county, and you know these shops could have set up just about in, in a number of other locations. So you know we're not saying that 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 you, you can't have your vape shop in the county. We're just saying you can't have it close to our schools. And so and we are trying to be reasonable by providing the 24 month grace period to allow them uh, to to have their leases expire and then seek an alternative location. But I think as the news really continues to roll on a national basis, everybody who is involved in the sale or development of these products, I think has to start to see the writing on the wall here. This, these products are dangerous and uh, they are very unregulated. Uh, this has really caught the entire country flat-footed on many different levels and the Centers for Disease Control uh, even under an administration who, you know, let's let's just say doesn't always put public health as their number one area of focus, it seems, from time to time, has made this a significant and priority issue. And so I think that you're, you're, you're going to see a strong alliance uh, between our federal, state, and local officials on this. And I think you're starting to see that we, we, we want to make sure we don't make the same mistakes we made several generations ago by getting an entire generation of people hooked on nicotine, and that's why we're doing this. So have you heard from vape shop owners since proposing the legislation and having some public discussion? I and mean, I've read a lot where vape shop owners or managers, they're, they're not exactly happy about this legislation saying that it's, it's an unfair targeting a vape shop. Right. What's that? What's that reaction and feedback like? You know, we haven't gotten a lot of that feedback yet. I'm sure during the, uh, you know, when when we have public testimony, um, that will be an opportunity for people to express their views, both for and against. And so, you know, there'll be a formal opportunity to hear from folks and to hear their testimony. But you know, we have received. Uh, I think of, I'll just say conservatively, of the every 10 pieces of uh, feedback we've gotten on this, I think maybe one or two uh, has been opposed or concerned. So I think that the overwhelming majority of residents are, are appreciative of the county's efforts to ensure the public health of everybody, but especially our youth. And yeah. um, as I said, there, there will be an opportunity to, to look at other locations for vape shops. But the, on a national level, we are looking, the, the, the country is looking right now, the CDC is looking right now at an outright flavor ban, uh, and we are looking at that in our county as well. And my colleague Hans Riemer introduced a bill last week, which I also co-sponsored, which would ban the sale of the flavored products um, within a mile of not just middle schools and high schools, but all schools, but other areas where children and youth congregate like libraries and parks. And so by banning the flavors altogether and looking like we may be doing that at the federal level as well, it'll be interesting to see how that impacts the sale of these products. I was reading the, the Washington Post article who they reported on this, and one person quoted there that she 
in fact said that it was she believes it's unfair targeting of mm-hmm. vape shops and if selling e-cigarettes is banned near schools then selling cigarettes should be as well however that's already been really taken care of because we're, we're thinking that most graduating high school seniors are going to be 18 years old and some 17 mm-hmm. i was uh, 17 when i graduated so that's sort of right. a moot point right i mean because they're they can't buy cigarettes now anyway in the state of maryland until they're 21 years old I, unless they're i think there's a military provision of the law that if you are serving in the military does that does the serving in the military is that also come into effect in this law um uh i i mean if if you ban the flavored um vape cartridges i I, i'm not sure if i read too much about that yet Mm -hmm. yeah no that there wouldn't be a military exemption um but i think the the bills are are really aim to to curb the access and use of these products. And while I think it's great that the state has moved up the age limit to 21, unfortunately, as we know, kids still, alcohol is obviously 21, but kids are still able to get their hands on, um, on alcohol. And so I think making it more difficult to actually be able to access these products is a positive step. And, I, you know, there was another bill that we haven't talked about yet, but my, that my colleague Tom Hucker introduced, uh, which focuses a little bit more on regulation. So, uh, one of the things that it, we have to think about too is the oversight of these particular bills and the limited capacity within Montgomery County Police. Uh, they just don't have the resources in place to be able to monitor the sale of these products, and so I think you know, preventing access to them as much as we can will just provide another tool in the toolbox to ensure public health and to ensure kids don't get their hands on these products in the first place. Well, I know that our communities are often built around our public schools here, especially I I live in Gaithersburg, and um, I'm thinking specifically to a shop. You're probably familiar with the Kentlands neighborhood. It's a a large neighborhood, and there's a vape shop that is, I believe it's well within a a half mile of a, mm-hmm. a public school and we build our communities really around our public schools and so these these shops of course do appear very close by now what about is i i guess cigars i mean i'm i i do like an occasional cigar and <laughs> i i think right. that, yeah. Well, is that I think is that included now within the 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 nicotine twenty one law? I think that's I think that's included, right? You can't now buy it, cigars until you're twenty. So, but I I don't know for sure. Okay. Let me ask you another question, Councilman. Back earlier in September, uh, President Trump put out a tweet or a, at least a, a, some sort of policy pronouncement. It's sort of hard to tell day to day with. <laughs> What's happening? But he he had talked about the, um, some data, and who knows if he actually read it. But he wanted to make some sweeping changes to e-cigarettes. Do you are are you are you confident in the president's uh, I guess newfound discovery of e-cigarettes and possible um, working with Congress to ban these? What what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I, I um, have been reading about the president's interest in this issue as well, and it's actually Melania Trump, uh, who I read right. strongly encouraged him to take up and look into this issue. And, of course, she has been 
advocating on her, I believe it's called Be Best uh, campaign, which is focused <laughs> on children and youth being being yeah. their best. And so this is an issue that she's personally got very interested in in, in, in advocating for. So I think that uh, it, it appears that she's one of the few people that, that has the president's direct ear. Uh, and so I, I hope that he's sincere and authentic in wanting to approach this and, and making it a high priority uh, to address nationally because it, it really is alarming. I mean, we, we just have to get more in front of this issue or we risk uh, having yet another generation of people hooked to a product that even the manufacturers themselves know is dangerous. Uh, and so it's, um, it's an all-hands-on-deck situation, and, and, and I, this is one of the few areas where I do agree with the president and wanting to make sure that we tackle this both at the federal, state, and local level. Although we haven't heard much since his um, his interest in this, and if it's part of the Be Best campaign, I certainly hope that that right. Be Best campaign would extend over into the the president's <laughs> tweets about being his yeah. very best self, and um, the with That's of course right. the elimination of bullying, which is I think is a major problem throughout our country. And I've I've oh read the God. president's I've read the president's tweets, and look, I don't think that it's any secret that here in Montgomery County that the president is, uh, is not a popular person for, for many reasons, but especially his, some of his, some of his actions, but look, the, uh, um, what's the old saying? A broken clock is right twice a, twice a day. Perhaps this right. is a piece, perhaps this is a piece of public policy that, that the president would be willing to champion. And uh, then his supporters can, can move behind. And so um, let me ask you this question, Councilman. Have you heard from lobbyists in the state to say, okay, you know, we understand what you're doing, but knock it off? <laughs> yeah, no, not yet. Um, we, we, we expect at some point that the, the industry will, will, will step forward because, as you mentioned earlier, you're absolutely right. This is a, um, a well funded lobbying arm within the state and nationally. Uh, so I haven't heard from them yet, uh, but I will say this this particular piece of legislation has nine co-sponsors, and the county mm-hmm. executive has publicly stated his support. So it's, it's unlikely that uh, any amount of lobbying is really going to sway our opinion on this. Uh, but as is always the case with bills, we want to make sure that we take into account all sides and all concerns and try to use reasonable as our barometer. And if amendments need to be made uh, to make the bill more effective in some way, we'll look at those issues. But at the end of the day, my colleagues and I are uh, most concerned about our overall county's public health and particularly those of our most vulnerable populations, which is, of course, our children and youth. And the end goal of this piece of legislation really is to, uh, and I'm, it really is to sound the alarm to uh, you know, our our young population not to get involved at all with with these types of devices. But um, it, it sounds to me that your goal is to really prevent them from having access to using these devices to to inhale these chemicals inside of their bodies. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, that seems like the very bottom line that, you, look, you're just trying to prevent young people from starting this habit at, a, at an early age. You got it. That's exactly right. We want to 
keep it out of their hands so they, they, they can't access these products in the first place. Um, very difficult to do that, certainly not perfect through just this piece of legislation alone, but everything that we can do to prevent youth from accessing this is what we're going to have to follow, and that's what we're trying to do. Right, and now on the flip side of that, we take, for instance, we, we have a high schooler who's in 10th grade at um, in Wooten, and it, that that doesn't mean that they still can't sign on to 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 Amazon and have this sent directly to their house, right? That's right. Um, and and what we have heard from law enforcement officials is um, students are purchasing these products in large quantities and then having and them delivered to uh, to their neighbor's house, who they know is you know travels a lot or works long hours, and then picking them up from those yeah. neighbors and then, yeah, we're selling them um, as, as sort of an entrepreneur, if you will. And so they have uh, Amazon the, lockers too. So and that's a, that's another yeah. way around it. Exactly. Exactly. So that's why I think the, the, there's some like DC is looking at an outright ban of, of e-cigarettes uh, entirely. Now DC obviously um, has different jurisdiction than the County because we, it's actually the state that on some level, um, supersedes the county when it comes to, to, to some of these issues. But we are very firm and we believe strongly that we're on strong legal ground uh, with the bills that we've proposed. And um, we'll see what happens at the state level during this particular uh, legislative season. But we think we're we're in solid ground there. Two final questions, Councilman. One relates to the legalization of marijuana, my understanding is it's going to be on the ballot. Are you concerned at all about legalizing recreational marijuana? Is that a piece of public, you know, being the chair of the Health and Human Services Committee, are you in favor of that, or and, and how will that likely uh, – nobody knows what's going to really happen with that, and I've, I've been following state law throughout the uh, the different states who have legalized recreational marijuana, and I, I guess we'll – you know, as they say, cross that bridge when we come to it. But I'm, right. I'm going to be, in, I'm, I'm sort of interested in your opinion about that. Yeah, it's a good question. I have very mixed feelings about it, to be quite candid with you. I think that um, it is true that small amounts of marijuana um, and and the actual uh, policing of, of you know the sale of these products disproportionately impacts our minority communities, which I'm significantly concerned about. Uh, but at the same time, I don't believe that marijuana just generally as a drug is something that we shouldn't be taking as seriously as, as, as we need to. And all of the drug-related homicides that we've had in Montgomery County have all been related to the sale of marijuana um, over the last four years. And so I, I do think that we need to take a very close look at the lessons learned from uh, from Colorado and some other states that have enacted uh, this legislation to see what lessons are, have been learned um, so that we don't repeat the same mistakes. And I, I think we need to tread very cautiously um, and, and be very judicious in the manner in which we roll this out, uh, because I do think that, you know, there, there could be um, – more issues than we're trying to resolve by just outright legalizing it. And I think the manner in which it's implemented is going to be extraordinarily important. So I'm hearing some, some ambivalence there and, and 
I, I'm following this conversation closely, and I know that we've, we're hearing that the legalization of recreational marijuana could be uh, you know, a stimulus for funding the Kerwin Commission, which is a whole other mm-hmm. discussion entirely. But there's, there's, a, there's a point that you made that I think is valid is having to be very careful about how we do this because as a mm-hmm. – I believe that marijuana still is classified as a – it's a Schedule One drug according to the federal government. And so mm-hmm. it, um, that's a whole different discussion, but I'm, I'm, I appreciate your perspective on that. And finally, with respect to the state, are you, Councilman, working with any legislators in the state – to, to pass a statewide ban or pass similar legislation that you'd like to enact here in Montgomery County? Not directly, no. We, we are not working directly with um, uh, any particular members of the delegation at the moment, but it is mm-hmm. something that you know, we, we want to explore. I've, I've had some preliminary conversations, and um, we've gotten a lot of support from our delegation regarding the local bills that we're working on with regards to e-cigarettes. But um, we still have, you know, some work to do at the state level, and it's something that we'll be tracking closely in Annapolis as well. well I believe you're in what District 19, legislatively. Uh, 18. 18. Oh, okay. So 18, and uh, that's um, that's Jeff, Jeff Wildstrom and yep, Al Carr, Emily Shetty, and Jared Tom. Yeah, exactly. Well, I Good think team. that you have uh, you have. Um, Four eager legislators there who might be uh, ready and eager to to take up that cause, and um, I, I know <laughs> I know Delegate Solomon pretty well, and I think he would certainly agree with your uh, your approach to this. But uh, Councilman, I I really appreciate you coming on, talking about this important piece of public policy that you're hoping to quickly pass, and. Speaking of which, when do you think the soonest that it would be enacted into to county to county law? I think as soon as January first. Okay, well that's 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 uh, only a few months away. So, mm-hmm. yep. Um, and you say that testimony, public testimony, will be heard on. Is it November? November. It's the the be- it's the first week of November. It's the first Tuesday of November. I'll have okay. to go back and look at the specific date, but it's that first Tuesday, and uh, people can sign up to testify um, uh, by going on the Montgomery County Council's website. And that first Tuesday, of course, will mark one year until the presidential election. And uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'd be it's remiss, be a wild Councilman. Ride, Ryan. <laughs> oh my gosh! And and Councilman, I would be remiss. If 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 I didn't ask you, have you picked a count? Have you picked a candidate yet? You know, I have not. I'm starting to narrow it down, uh, but okay. I have not yet picked a candidate that I have endorsed. Well, fair enough. There's there's about uh, twenty of them, or there's still yeah. actually. I think there's. I think the field is sort of winnowing just a bit, and I've been. Everybody's really been paying close attention to the national political discussion, but. These, that's why I try to keep it local. There's so many people on the, the media side who are covering the day-to-day of the national. My interests are here in my home community. And, Councilman, I, I appreciate you coming on for the first time. Um, I, I respect the work that you're doing, and I know that it's not always easy, but um, I do see that you are 
a, you're doing things for the right reasons and what what you believe will will ultimately curtail um, a public health issue. So um, um, I'll be eager to to follow the conversation. I hope you come back after um, we get through uh, the legislation and kind of hear what what your whole experience was on in, in totality. So I'm, I'm I'm hoping you come back on. Oh, I'd be honored to, Ryan. And I thank you again yep. for all you do. And I look forward to coming back on the show. All right, Councilman. Have a successful week this week and at the council. And I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Sounds great. Talk to all you. Right. Bye-bye. All right, folks. That was Montgomery County Councilman Gabe Albernaz, who discussed tonight his vaping zoning amendment, which would prevent vaping shops from setting up shop within a half mile of a public school, public or private school, they would have vaping shops would have 24 months to relocate, move somewhere else. And this legislation is currently before the council. The county executive has indicated he will sign this legislation. And as Councilman Albernaz said tonight, January 1st, you could see this legislation be enacted. So with that, go ahead and wrap up the show. Find me on a minor detail.com and a minor detail podcast. My name is Ryan Miner. Thank you for listening, everybody. You can subscribe to a minor detail podcast on iTunes, Castbox, Overcast, or any application where you listen to podcasts. Like a minor detail podcast on Facebook and follow the conversation on Twitter at AMD Podcast. If you or someone you know is interested in sponsoring a minor detail podcast, please reach out to me at ryan at a minor detail.com. Thanks so much for listening.